Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good afternoon. Good Friday afternoon. You know, when I was in college, one of the things I loved about Friday afternoons is we'd, after the last class, we'd go down to whatever town or wherever the pub was <laughs> and we'd start drinking beer. And that wasn't the fun part. The fun part was just hanging around your buddies. And so I always love it on a Friday afternoon when we can hang around with our buddies. And uh, I've got two great buddies on the show tonight. Of course, Rosemary is my co-host. And all the way from Florida, Hollywood, Florida. What a wonderful thing Hollywood is. And uh, Michelle Reynolds, who is just a barrel of fun. The last time she was on the show, she just she's got this lady has energy and enthusiasm and a sense of humor and just got her head on straight about at least I agree with where uh, life should go and how life should be and how kids should be. And I'm going to stop talking in two seconds. And the first thing we said that, um, well, you know, Rosemary has a phenomenal story herself, and I'm sure she's going to talk about that in a little bit. But both you ladies share a lot in common. But you, Michelle, have a new program about reading. So yeah. we were going to, yeah, so why don't you, in, in fact, who were you? Today you were teaching, were you? I was. I was doing um, educator training at a preschool today. So that was exciting, and thank you so much for having me on your show, and what an amazing introduction. My goodness. <laughs> Happy well, you to know, have you here, Michelle. Yeah, huh? Thank you. One of my friends, one of my friends said that I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he says, where have all the exciting people gone? He goes, it's hard to find <laughs> exciting people so when rosemary and i find a guest like you we're all uh excited so please tell us what this um what this is about this uh reading and how you've discovered it and what it's doing and how effective it is and because your whole thing is about back to basics which i love uh, but so go ahead why don't you yes tell us? <laughs> get back to basics uh we want so much from from our kids and from our life nowadays that sometimes we just have to step back a little bit and think about what are the basics so i used to teach reading um a few years ago in with first graders and um i always got those kids that were you know really struggled with reading and then I resigned from the school board, and I started working with birth through five. And I realized how easy it was to teach these kids how to read. And I also realized that a lot of parents have things a little backwards because they all want their kids to learn how to read. They all want their kids to pick up a book and start reading and do all this stuff, but there's certain steps that they've completely forgotten about that come first. And the most important one is language. If you don't have language, then reading's got to be really difficult for you. So guess, yes. <laughs> yeah, like how do you look at a word and figure out what that word is if you don't know how to make those sounds correctly. And I'm not one that's all for phonics, and I'm not one that's all for whole language, or you want to make up other program, I'm not all for that. I just pick what works for me. And hopefully people, you know, I hope everybody does that, because it's not all one way, not all the other way. So, yeah, so, how, so what did I, you find? What, 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 what have you stumbled on? 
I well, I realize that once you start teaching these kids the correct sounds, and we start talking the way that the words are. So, for example, with an infant, sometimes we'll use baby talk, won't we? And we use so cute, and um, I do it too. I'm, you know, <laughs> I do it as well. <laughs> But we don't want to use that all the time. We actually want to talk to our babies and their brains start picking that up because birth through five is when 90% of their brain development is, is made. So this is like, these are the years. Birth through five are the years. And they start picking okay. things up really fast. So what are the specifics that, are there specifics that you, you know, you know, I, I understand this is being specific, speak, speak, you know, in a normal tone and speak intelligently, mm-hmm. but um, how do you, how do you take a, a child that doesn't know and how does the parent take that, any techniques you have and then make that happen or help that happen for the child? Of course. One of the, the things I tell parents all the time is, It doesn't have to be a sit down and learn with flashcards kind of thing. We're talking about using language, talking to your kids um, with the correct sounds. So let's use the word bottle. You're going to give your baby a bottle. Do you want a bottle? Now, do you hear the sound that I'm saying? Bottle, bottle, bod, bod. So when you go to read that word, it's actually pronounced bottle. Do you want a bottle? So something as simple as that water is another one. Those T's in the middle we usually make into the letter D. So really being aware and enunciating our words correctly, that's one of the tips that I love to give parents. And the other one is just saying sounds of words as you're driving. So if you're saying the word cat, with your child, make it a game, you know, say the sounds with me, at, what word is mommy trying to say, at, at, I always throw in a little, like, rhythm with it, and um, it becomes a game for them, and you try, you start doing these sounds and putting them together, and they go, cat, and you're like, yes, okay, can you say the sounds, and see if they can say the sounds. And then you take another word and you do the sounds. You could just driving in the car. You can do it while you're at the dinner table, maybe something on their plate. Um, so using the language appropriately and also saying the sounds of the word. Wonderful. So, and then when, when you come to the, at what age are you recommending they come to the printed page? I don't recommend that. Well, they can come to the printed page because you're going to be reading stories to them. A lot of kids love that. Parents to point to the words on the page. That just makes the connection that you're not making these things up. There's actually letters, and letters make words. So you're pointing to that. And I don't have them actually read words until they are to take those sounds at and be able to put it together. Obviously, not just cat. <laughs> we go with a whole bunch of different words. But until they can right. take those three-letter words and start putting them together um, verbally, that's when I would bring a book in. That's when I would bring in the actual printed page and, and have them start working on some really easy words. And so then that's when, the, for example, cat, they would see C-A-T, and then they would get to identify the cut with the C and the A-A. And of course, the T. 
And, and yes. is, is that um, okay? I got it down. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then you can also do different activities. So if you wanted to do something, um, you could have little clothespins. Let's say you had three clothespins, and one had a C, and one had a B, and one had a. Uh, an M, and then on the circle, on the paper, you could put an A and a T for at, and then you put the C on there. It's k, at, cat, m, at, mat, b, at, bat. So you have them start Great. looking at the letters and knowing the letters make sounds, what sounds go with what letter. We are really focused on having them know that A is A, D, B is B, and we forget to teach them that A says ah, B says book. So it's very interesting how we're all wanting them to sing. Look, they can sing their ABCs. That's great. But can they say the sounds that go with the letters? Right. Okay. Do you have now, is this in, do you teach the program totally by instruction in the class? Do you have a YouTube video? Do you have a program? Do you, how do you do it? Uh, right now, I'm actually in the process of making a program, which is a bunch of emails, a bunch of videos that are put together. So because I'm a very visual person, so I like to show parents exactly how to do it. And then I also have a section that they can have their kids join in. And um, then I also have instruction for teachers, and, um, uh, and I, I did a webinar for um, parents on that as well, which I will be offering again because it was a hit. <laughs> nice. Now, so is there a website to go to for this? There is. If they go to Michelle with two L's, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, dash Reynolds, R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S, dot com, they can opt in on my website and they'll be put on my mailing list. So anything, I do free webinars and free audios every once in a while that I send out to people. And then I also let them know of anything upcoming that I'm doing. Fantastic. You know, um, I like to find out the reasons why, you know, I'm a why guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was telling Rosemary about you and, you know, the, our last connection. And so, and Rosemary's very impassioned about many things, especially, um, Rosemary, why don't you fill the audience of people who don't know you yet, fill, fill us in on your passion and, the, you know, the, the main focus of your life, and so we can kind of all bring this together. Well, the main focus of my life is... Um my my youngest daughter Victoria, who has Rett syndrome, that's R E T T, and um, when it and you know you're bringing this whole thing up with with uh, education and all, when it comes to Victoria, she's unable to speak to really come out and express herself. So it's through a lot of eye gaze that we communicate. But in the past so many months, I've been working with her with her vocals and trying to get her to, you know, uh, pronunciate certain words and all that. So, you know, what you were doing with the, and the at, you know, that is something that I, I can fully relate to, keeping it simple. And and I, I have to say, uh, I know I'm, I'm straying a little bit here, but I'm extremely impressed. I was just blown away by the whole back to basics here. And, uh the whole thing you have here saying that believes each person has a burning message within. Yes. yes. Each person yeah. and each child, because some people forget that our kids are actually people. 
Exactly. Well, yes, definitely. Yep. Um, absolutely. I have an older daughter, too. She's uh, 19, and she's a CNA, CRMA. And uh, I can remember when she was little, we used to play all kinds of little games when it came to reading and learning. And uh, But with uh, Victoria, my youngest, with the Rett Syndrome, um, that's my passion is to, to be her voice. You know, I'm her voice. So there are many, you know, I have questions. I have I have answers. I have, you know, people can ask me any any question when it comes to that. But it's a, it's a whole different world. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's, that's not it the is. only way I, it is. It's a whole different world. And you don't realize, you know, nobody can realize it or understand it until they're in it. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I love the. I you may have said it in the past, but wow, I got the chills when you said everybody's got a message within. And you know, I just came from a, a class this morning. I talked to a group of uh, fifth graders, so ten to twelve year olds. And you know, I, I well, I you know, I, I guess it's the same. I talk about the story. We all have a, a story. And you know, what is more fun than expressing? And uh, you know, I was really moved today because I was, you know, when I, my method of teaching, I was taught the Socratic method, which is basically asking questions, you know, rather than standing up there, because as Socrates knew, the greatest teacher of all time, that all the answers are within anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you just ask the right questions, the sooner or later the answer, the knowledge is innate in all of us, it'll come out. And in, in this classroom, I'm always amazed at what I get out of the kids, and, uh, one little gal told me she wanted to, to be a singer. And she'd already written a song and she, for one of her classmates who she just loved. And she got up and sang this song. It rhymed. It was beautiful. And she was telling this other girl in the classroom how much she loved her. And if she, when they had to finally separate, how heartbroken she would be. And <laughs> I just, you know, here's a 10 to 12-year-old whatever. And then there was an author in the back. And she got up and read a couple of paragraphs of the novel she's writing. So we do have, and and that's what these kids are impassioned about. And that's why I love the fact that I'm not a lone wolf anymore. I found Rosemary, I found you. And, you know, bit by bit, we're going to, you know, be able to transmit shows like this and tell everybody what's life worth. I mean, I just looked at this crazy video, and it's so, you know, in some ways it's awakening, but the other way it's so depressing that, most people don't know that they have a story inside or something, a message to express. And I'll let you get ladies pick it up from there. Exactly. Um, and knowing that it doesn't always have to be the norm. You know, we want our kids to grow up and obviously have enough money to live and survive without struggling. And we also want them to do something that they're really, really good at and that they love doing. Um, and it doesn't always have to be this cookie-cutter job. It doesn't have to be going to work, you know, with the rest of the traffic and doing this job that you really don't like. You just do it because you want the paycheck at the end of the week, and that's it. And is that really a life you want to live? <laughs> Absolutely not. That I've seen so many people posting that about is is that they're going to live for us to get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, and the same routine every single day, and it just uh, yeah, 
<laughs> there's no passion within their life. There's no um, excitement unless they make it. You know, they make these little little things or a vacation here or there. But I'm talking, you know, really being able to move another human being because you're really good at doing something. And I, I just believe that every human being out there is really good at teaching something. And I believe we're all teachers. And, and just getting that out there and being able to make money while you're doing that, um, you know, we're all here for a reason. Absolutely. I want to just remind uh, everybody if there's other, we have some listeners. We do have a call-in number. It's 646-929-2451. We would love to hear from you because these are two fascinating, impassioned women who, uh, <laughs> my one of my passions is kids. I love kids. I love uh I love the fact that you know you have this new being, this this developing being, and you can just discover so much as I did today. Uh, discover so much about them and w- what's going on inside their heads and their hearts and um, their guts and you know and, and what are their dreams and and to try to do exactly what you're trying to do, Michelle and you, Rosemary, is tell them that it doesn't have to be that cookie cutter. It doesn't have to be what they tell you. Is that the... <laughs> I, the I have to step in here is. for a moment, oh, Dom. I really do. I I had something I wrote down that I uh, found on one of the Back to Basics was under the fear. That's, you know, as you say, to get past that everyday routine, you got to have to get past that fear of saying, Am I going to be able to do this? How is this going to work? I, you know, my husband and I both say there's no such thing as how. You just do it, and and mm-hmm. you, step, you step out and you do it. And before you know it, you know, even though yes, you have to do a little thinking just so you don't, you know, you you, you don't hurt yourself in any way. I'll put, put that in there. But, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, you have to do a little thinking. But other than that, to step out to and just you know take have the faith that it's going to work. So, you know, that's and that's something that I do with Victoria every single day when we put her on that bus. I say, you know, I, I'm putting the faith out there that, you know, she's going to be safe. She's going to learn something today. She's going to hit a milestone no matter how small it is because, you know, in, in as we call it, you know, with Rett syndrome, the tiniest thing is a huge milestone. If she opens up her hands and she touches an object and she tries to grasp it, that's huge. That's that's massive. So, mm. you know, it's it's like you said, getting under the fear, getting past the fear, building up your empowerment, your confidence, your freedom. That freedom. I saw that the freedom is it freedom chaser? Yes, I I definitely went through getting through a lot of fear at one point. <laughs> so um, I I was talking a lot about being free. Um, I, I had that wonderful upbringing where you kind of got everything you wanted. And, you know, this is how life is supposed to be. And you grow up and you get married and you have two kids and you, you buy a house and all the, you know, everything has to be at this time. And, and then I hit 25 and I had hit all those mile markers and I went, what the hell do I do? Excuse me. Uh, keep talking, ladies. I got somebody at the door. Keep talking. <laughs> Okay. So it's like, you know, uh, I've done everything now. I had the career, I had the house, I had the marriage, I had the kids. 
And now what? What is there left? So it was the fear of breaking free from doing some of those those things and trying new things, mm-hmm. getting out of the cookie-cutter mold and uh, stepping out of, at that time I was teaching and, you know, resigning and opening my own business. It was like, really? You're going to do that? I think it was a recession at the time. <laughs> People thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm used to that. Yeah. Now I just embrace it. <laughs> Well, you know, okay, both of you, and you, Rosemary, recently keep telling me about how you have finally faced your fear and you've walked through it, and Michelle, you did it, and that's one of the things I loved about the last time. So what do you say? I mean, (laughs) the people who haven't done it, look at, do you find that they look at us like we're wacky, like we're crazy? Oh, yeah. All the best people are. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So... So, but we know because we've crossed over. We know it isn't even a belief anymore. It isn't faith anymore. It's a knowing. Somehow, mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. Yep, that's right. Yep. And so, how? And this is when you know, the people that were trying to pull through the veil, you know, onto the other side. You know, how do you find that you can convey that? I mean, do you have? What would you say to them? Michelle, why don't you tell us what you would say to somebody? Um, it, it's, uh, you know, stepping through the fear and doing what you feel down in your, like you said, in your guts that you know is, is the right thing for you, no matter what anybody else says. It's always the right thing. If you feel it within your body, then you already know the answer, which is what you said earlier. The answers are always within. And is it a little bit scary? Yep. <laughs> do it anyway. Rosemary, where do you find it? What would you tell them? Well, what I what I did was the uh, first thing I was concerned about when it came to stepping through was, you know, if I was going to lose anyone in my life. And then I, I stopped and I said, well, wait a minute. I had to think of it like you're sifting. You know, you're going to sift, uh, sifting through and said the ones that I know are real, the ones that I know will really stand behind me no matter what I do are the ones I know that are meant to be in my life. The ones who will look at me and say, you're crazy, and walk away. Those are the ones I know because I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself out. I'm opening that door I'm cracking that shell. I'm letting myself out, and I'm saying, you know, this is me. Take me as I am. Leave me. Whatever. It's up to you. You know, this is this is what this is how I see it with the whole you know fear thing. Because a lot of times people think if I do this, people are going to think I'm crazy. They're not going to talk to me. Uh, you know, I, I then I you know that's when I turned around and said, well, then they're the ones that aren't really meant to be. So that, that was is my right. concern. Mm-hmm. I and agree I, with that. I tried to explain it to my niece. Uh, I tried to explain it to a lot of other, you know, to my daughter at one point in time. I said, you know, whatever decisions you make, whatever makes you happy and you feel strong with, if you believe it, if they're gonna, if those others are gonna walk away, they were never meant to be there in the first place. That's right. 
Well, you know, I get I get the chills because <laughs> to know, you know, when you finally, I mean, connection is such a huge part of the human existence. And, you know, this whole connection today is to me is it's as, it's as much fun as connecting with these kids this morning. And, you know, money, you know, we you talk about money and I've made a lot of money in my life. I've lost a lot of money in my life. And money's great, but, you know, when I when I'm truly connecting with another human, how do you buy that feeling? You know, mm, Michelle, you, you want to talk about that? <laughs> you can't. Yeah, and I'm with you. I've made a lot of money in my life. I've lived uh, a life where I had anything I wanted. And I've also been on the other side when I completely shut down my business and said, this is not for me anymore. You want to talk about losing people in your life. <laughs> That's where that whole freedom chaser came in. Um, and and it, that is exactly what it was about. It was about, it. it isn't about money. And life isn't about money. We are human beings and what we function on is connection. And that was what I didn't have. So I decided I was going to go find it. Forget the money. Money's just a piece of paper. And the money yeah, always you're right. came. You know, the money <laughs> Thank was, you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I have to stop you there. I have to get excited about this. <laughs> this is what people, this is the magic that I've discovered. Before when I was, you know, I had so much money, I had more money. I was had set for life. And I thought, all, as long as I had that, I could live fearless and I could be happy for the rest of my life and comfortable for the rest of my life. And I, I was petrified of losing it. Yet, I believed in something so much that I was willing to risk it all, and I did lose it all. And if people say to me now, well, you know, of course, I'm <laughs> all my friends, supposed <laughs> friends, are gone. They went with the money. Mm-hmm. And because I turned out from being somebody they admired who had achieved the American dream, and now I'm somebody who blew it in their minds. And therefore, he went from being a success to a failure. There's really no use talking to him anymore. (laughs) So you do find out your true friends. But if people say to me today, what is the difference between you as the successful with all the money you ever needed and you were struggling from month to month knowing whether, not knowing at the beginning of the month you'll have enough money to get to the end of the month. What's the difference between those two people? Well, by losing everything, Mm -hmm. I found everything. I found me. Mm -hmm. And I also found out I had nothing to be worried about because when that money went, somehow, and this is the magic, you see, this is the part that, this is the intangible that nobody understands. You said it, Michelle, the money shows up. It always shows up. It's mm-hmm. the craziest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's comfortable. It gets scary as hell sometimes. Yes, it does. <laughs> but at that 11th hour, and it always seems to be built into the program, whatever this game of life is, it seems to be built into the program. It's at that 11th, 11th hour and 59th minute and 59 seconds, bang, here it comes. <laughs> there it is. And it'll be just enough. <laughs> it's always just enough. <laughs> just enough. You're teetering there. But, you know, but, but this is that huge leap of faith, Rosemary, that you've taken, Michelle, you've taken, I've certainly taken. And it, you have to walk through the fear, and it's little baby steps of walking through the fear. And you can't 
own it. We can tell people about it on this show. We can tell them personally. We can do this. But until they take that, those little steps of facing that fear and plowing through it, they'll never know it. Mm-hmm. And they'll never know that feeling that comes on the other side of it either. And that's right. where the true freedom comes in. Like, what does that really what? feel like to feel free? Right. Wonderful. You know, I, I, I two years ago, <laughs> I had to make a choice. I was um, couldn't meet my car payment, my house payments, my mortgage, and I remember, you know, I had for twelve, oh, for almost twelve years, I had lived without having to go to a conventional job, work for corporations, and that was that was my biggest fear. And so I, my immediate gut reaction when the fear set in, it says, oh, my God, I'm losing this house, which I love. I mean, I can't, you know, that's really my dream home. I'm on the ocean here in Boston. I get to swim every day in the summer, et cetera, et cetera. And so I said, I'm going to have to go back to work. And I just could feel this sinking in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then the voice, I started to have a conversation with that little voice that we know, that gut. And it's, I'm going, uh, wait a minute, what are you going to do? You're going to get up at six, five or 6 o'clock in the morning, get ready to go to work, jump in a car with everybody else, go to a place you do not want to be, hang around at some cubicle or office or something, shifting papers around that you don't care at all about, coming back. So what, I can be in a house for an hour a night? <laughs> you know, I go to sleep. I mean, I'm, I'm conscious for an hour because I'm so exhausted from the – the money, you know, trying to make the money, and but to what to to maintain wood and glass. Mm-hmm. And then I I thought about it, and I said, I'd rather die yeah. a quick death, because that would be a slow death every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't even get slow, to enjoy the things that you love. It would be a death. It would be so. I said, I'd just rather. And I had to make that final jump, and it's that letting go. And that's what I try to tell people. It's all about letting go. You let go, Michelle, of all of the material comfort and the job and the security and the status and all of those things. You know, Rosemary, you certainly had to let go. And when I finally let go and said, I don't care, and, and, and it's that trusting. I tell people that it's not about faith when I really believe that there's a higher part of us. And you can call it whatever it is, and I'm not going to get into that debate. But I know that there's a higher voice. And because I... I've heard it too many times and trusted it. And Rosemary and I talk about it all the time. And you have to go from just not even believing in it, but it's a trust. And I tell people what the trust is. See, you can say you have faith in, in a higher being. And you can say that you know that it will take care of everything. But will you give up your job and trust it will take care of you? No, you won't. Mm-hmm. Because trust, when you know a babysitter, you can have faith in a babysitter. But it isn't until you give that babysitter your kid that you trust that babysitter. You have to give something extremely special of that you have, no matter what that attachment is. You have to be willing to offer that up and say, okay, this is my most prized possession, and I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to trust you with my life. And that's what I've done for the past four or five years, and it's been magical. All the right things are entering into your life, right? <laughs> yeah, exa- just what I'm supposed to have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and what goes, goes, and is supposed to go, and what comes, comes. 
And I was just going to. You're right. Oh, I mean, sorry. but. Yeah. So go ahead. No, I want to hear from you ladies. I was just going to uh, step in here and say that, you know, we had, I was going to tell Michelle, for five years we worked very hard because, uh, and uh, I'll make a long story short, we're back in the second-story apartment we were in before. We were in the second-story apartment. We worked for five years to try to get a one-story home for Victoria. You know, all handicap access, we did it. You know, we, we got the home. We had it built. Everything was done. And unfortunately, to I won't be mean here, but due to some lack of, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but workmanship maybe, it just the house we we had to leave. Uh, we found it was still a black mold, and then the septic was put in wrong, and it flooded half the house out. We had to get Victoria out of there and come back. And yeah, I was devastated. You know, cause I was angry. Oh. I was I was de- I was so upset because she had everything. She had her lift system. She had a handicap access shower. She had the ramps. She had it all, and we lost it. You know, and we came back and we said, you know, we're going to make this work. It's going to work, and it has, and it's even gotten better. So <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's keeping on that pot. We just had to, had to keep on a positive, you know, positive vibration, I'll call it, positive even, you know, just keeping the negative out and, and uh, trusting. So, Michelle, you've got back to basics going, and I love it. Uh, how, are you finding that you're winning, So let's call it converts or whatever, you, are you winning people? It's really interesting because most people agree with me. Yeah, we got to get back to the basics. And what I notice is a lot of people don't want to do it. <laughs> they want, they like the idea of it, but they don't want to actually do it, you know. So I have found that to be very, very interesting, um, especially when I go in and we talk about play, bringing play back into our kids' lives, not even just in the classroom, just, you know, playing, Um and how easy it can be. You know, it's stuff from the dollar store. It's stuff you have in your house or your mm-hmm. in your garage and and just letting them like go and do whatever they need to with it and, and uh but people don't want to let go. They don't want to let go of that control. Bringing the imagination mm-hmm. back to life, is that it? There's a, there's been a lack of imagination for a long time. A long t- well, you know, and now it's very interesting, especially the play. They call it therapy now. So now we just paid $200 an hour for it. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But, yes, let's call it therapy so that we can justify it. <laughs> it's like the funniest thing. <sighs> so what, yeah. what inroads are you finding? I mean, are you do you get... You are finding that some people will make the jump? Are you? Um, I have found that a lot of people are, are very interested in making the jump and that they're still sitting there on the edge. They're like, okay, <laughs> sounds good, but, I'm, you know, they might dip a toe in. <laughs> um, I really like this idea. I might jump. I just, I think I might, I might jump. So as I do more and more trainings, you're seeing, especially when they start at a new preschool, because I really focus on birth through five, 
Yeah, and the teachers are all looking at you like, yeah, when do you want me to do that? Because I have reading, writing, and arithmetic to do. And I'm thinking, I know, I know. What if you don't get to circle time today? <laughs> you might be in trouble. Um, and they all kind of look at me like, you really want us to do these things? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I do. I want you to try to be like a child. I want I want you to try to laugh. Nice. Like, can you belly laugh? with me for a moment kind of thing. And it's amazing how many people cannot do that. Right. They just, they won't, don't want to lose control. That's what I've found. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, it's that letting go. It's fear, isn't it? I mean, because you, you, my daughter said this. I, I have a, <laughs> I created a monster in my older child. I kicked her out of the house. She was going to uh, drama school at, at about eight, 17 or 18, and she always wanted to be an actress, an author, all of the arts, all of the expressive arts, and she, she was never quite the student. And so she called me up and she says, I'm in her sophomore year, uh, I'm quitting. And her grades were atrocious, whatever, and I, and I said, what? <laughs> I said, I'm not breaking your chops about your grades. I said, all you got to do is finish, just Cassandra, just finish. Get C's, D's. I don't care. Just get the degree. And so I took her to a, we were, we were kind of fresh from a divorce, and she had a counselor, so I was going to the counselor every once in a while with her uh, to help her through. And so the, I called the counselor. I said, this kid's going to jump drop out of school. She said, don't worry. Now, we're talking of a Ph.D. from Harvard in counseling. I have a master's degree in economics. So we outclass this kid in, in terms of uh, education and life experience. <laughs> so we said, we'll fix her, bring her in for a session. <laughs> and so for 45 minutes, we, we two-teamed this guy, you know, it was a tag team. And we should hit her with the right, I'd hit her with the left. You know, Cassandra, if you finish, you know, you'll get the degree. You'll, you'll, chances are you'll make more money with the degree. You know, your, your chances are better. All the statistics of what a higher education brings you. And she sat there listening. I couldn't believe I, we had this kid's attention with her head moving back and forth between us for 45 minutes. Didn't say a word. And at the end we said, well, and she said to us, well, I heard every single word. And I agree with you. Every argument you gave me was exactly right. And I said, terrific. You're going back. And she looked at us and said, no. And I said, why? She says, because it's not in my heart. Wow. And two people with tons of life experience and a couple of degrees more than her were speechless. <laughs> my How daughter smart taught was me. Oh, she's brilliant. She's she's now 40 years old and single, living in San Diego. She's divorced and um, living. She's my wildflower. She she drives me crazy sometimes because I'm bad with risks. She's even worse. But that was a, that's why my little project with the bean is use your bean, trust your heart. She was responsible for that. She taught me about trusting. Here I was. She we came out of that session totally devastated and, and debilitated by an 18-year-old who taught us <laughs> what it's all about. It's yeah. not in my heart. And so I kicked her. I came and said, okay, if you're not going to accept my uh, overture to take all this tuition and everything else and, and to you know feed and house you for the next two or three years, I said, I have only one school left because I was kind of afraid because 
her mother was an alcoholic, and I was codependent through all of that relationship. And I knew I, I couldn't believe the changes I saw once I decided to walk, how everything got cleaned up, or kind of cleaned mm. up. So I said to her, I said, you're not going to turn out. I'm not going to let you be a, I'm not going to be a codependent to you. I says, you now have to get out and you have to get a house. You got to get housing and you got to get a job because I says, if I can't teach you uh, to stay in school, I have to send you to the next school I know. And that's called the school of hard knocks. And I have to teach you pain as mm-hmm. hard and as fast as I possibly can. And she, five years later, we met in, in uh, Crested Butte, Colorado, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. We had dinner. And she said to me, you know, I was telling my friends the other day what you did to me. And they all were still, she's, I mean, they're all still in college. They're all still living with their parents. And they said to me, weren't you mad with your father? She says, I was furious. She says, but, you know, if he didn't do that, I wouldn't be in Crested Butte today. Because mm-hmm. in two years, she came to me and she said, I'm taking me a ride to the train station. And with a backpack and a bike and a couple of hundred bucks, I gave her a couple of hundred more. She took off for Colorado by herself. <laughs> and she's wow. never been back. And so that's a kid who gets all of this stuff. You know, she's 40 years old now, but she gets it. She understands. She said, told me the other day, my other daughter just took her grandson, my grandson skiing for the first time. She said, oh, my God, I'm realizing how much joy we had when we skied. And my other daughter chimed in. She says, now you know why I lived in ski towns my entire life. Because mm. I'm, I'm happiest when I ski. And so, you know, you know, if I can leave that, my daughters is my legacy because they're both living there with their hearts. I mean, what else can we we teach? And and Rosemary gets up every day, and it's all about heart because mm-hmm. I, I I tell people Rosemary climbs a mountain every single day with her situation in Victoria's situation, and you know what you're doing, Michelle, is just phenomenal, and we've got to get the word out. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we have, uh, watching these kids today, you know, I said, (laughs) I know I'm starting to monopolize, but it was such an enlightening day, and it it fits in exactly what we're trying to do. I said to them, um, you know, when I lost my leg, the doctor told me I'd never ride a bike again. In fact, he used the word impossible, and I always start with the story with kids, because first of all, I was 12 when I lost my leg, and these kids were the same age. And I went through the whole thing. I said, you know, at least they thought it made me think I had a choice because they said if I didn't lose my leg, I would die. You know, I say to them, I, I said, what would you say to the doctor if he's telling you you're going to lose your leg? And they come up with it pretty fast. Today they didn't. But normally kids say, well, I'd ask them, how could I long could I live if you don't cut my leg off? I said, exactly, that's what I did. And I said, now what age would you pick? And they said, they all agree on the age that I picked at the age of 12. I asked the doctor, I said, could I live to 40? <laughs> and the kids laughed, and they said, yeah. They, they, well, they gave me the number today. They said 40. I said, why 40? Because they're old. <laughs> and they said, and 40-year-olds are not having any fun. I said, right. I said, they go to work that they don't like. The kids got it. They know. Why aren't they having fun? Because they, they work. I says, and says, what else? They said, they said they have kids and they have bills and they have this, so they're not happy. So yeah, if I could live to forty and then die, that's okay. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> and then I said, well, what's the next age? He told me no. They said 30. And I said, what about 30-year-olds? They go, well, they're kind of still having fun. I said, exactly. And I said, well, he wouldn't even give me two years, so they made me think it was a choice to ride. But then they told me it was impossible to ride a bicycle, blah, blah, blah. And I rode the bicycle, and I learned that impossible was just a word. So I had amazing success tools at such an early age that I'd learned that you couldn't, can't listen to anybody but the inner voice. But these kids, I said to them today, I said, so, and I, I'm glad I made that connection in the beginning. I said, so what do you want to be at 40? Do you want to be like everybody else? Or do you want to be what you want to be? Who do you want to work for? Do you want to work for them or do you want to work for yourself? And you could just see the wheels turning in these kids because nobody talks to them like this. Yes, nobody brings up these these topics and and gets their little minds working in that way. So that's amazing that yeah, you went I, out there to do that. Yeah. Well, I you know, and I just get so impassioned mm-hmm. by it, and I know it's you know what Michelle and and you too, Rosemary. What about do you feel? Don't you feel that we've got a calling? Yes. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. But you were mentioning um, how you dealt with your daughter, Tom. It, it reminded me I was raised on tough love for a good majority of my life, um, especially my teen years. <laughs> and I was also raised in a you know family restaurant that was, you know, my parents were they were their own bosses. You know, that was 